0: Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello. I am continuing our series today, going through each Enneagram type in detail. Basically, what we're going to do here is I'll run through a description of that type, their motivations, fears, worldview, and so much more. I'll also give you common mistypes as well. This is particularly helpful. And kind of the reason I do this is for those of you who are deciding what your number is, just to kind of get a brief overview of what that number is uh, on the Enneagram. The first type we're discussing today is type five, the investigator. Before we jump in, this is the time that I get to share the amazing company that helps us to fund the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about Workspacery. This amazing lady has so many amazing products, but in particular, I'm excited to share that she's created planners, day planners for each Enneagram type. She customized it to fit what you may need based off of your number. That's pretty amazing, right? Um, now, these do sell out pretty quickly, we've seen. So if you're wanting to grab one before the new year, I recommend checking out the link in the show notes and getting yours today. Now, let's talk about type five. So the motivation for our type fives is to possess knowledge, to understand their environment and the world, and really truly just to have things figured out as a way to defend themselves from. External threats. Now, their basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable. Type 5s are analytical, they're observant, and they're insightful. Type 5s often feel as if they were either unable to get their needs met by their caregivers or were consumed by the presence of their family of origin. This developed a sense that a Type 5 would need to meet their own needs in private through holding on to their resources. Type fives are intentional about managing both their resources and their energy levels. Not so much out of selfishness or stinginess, and more so out of a belief that this is what is necessary to survive. Fives hold a continued awareness of this and make decisions to prevent their own depletion. There's also a drive to understand the world. A need to know the intricacies of life from all angles, all timelines, and all explanations. These two pieces often play together in someone who lives life through the safety of their mind. They experience the world through research, thought, and curiosity. Type 5s are inquisitive, economical, studious, self-sufficient, and likely the most informed person you know. Now, 5s are in the head, or the anxiety triad, which means they spend a lot of time analyzing and thinking through their experiences. And they spend a lot of time just in their own thoughts. Five struggle with avarice. So that's kind of the hoarding of their time, energy, and resources. It can often feel like the world is out to take everything from our fives. And um, they need to hold on to it as tightly as possible to prevent depletion. And they orient in the world with the belief that the world invades your privacy. That they need to protect their resources and energy from the world so that they can think. Because of this, they spend a lot of their energy focused on preserving what they have and making sure it doesn't get depleted. In relationships, type fives may find themselves isolating, um, setting unnecessary boundaries. A lot of times type fives have very strong boundaries. And sometimes that's, you know, it. I heard once someone say, you know, the same kind of gateway that lets love in or keeps pain out, lets love in, right? Like it's the same function. And so sometimes our fives may limit their world experience or their life experience or their love experience out of fear of depletion. They create boundaries that kind of prevent them from connection. The other thing that can happen is they maybe they don't communicate their boundaries fully. So if they need time alone, they may not necessarily say to someone in their life, I need a little bit of alone time right now. I'll be back in a minute. They might just kind of walk away a lot of the learning for our fives is the learning of communication and and being willing to express what they need and and deal with the reality that others may not quite understand. The other thing that our type fives tend to experience in relationships is is kind of this feeling of like I take care of me and you take care of you. You know, I I know how to take care of myself. I know how to get my needs met. I know how to do things on my own. And it can feel like other people are invading your space or consuming you when they ask for things of you or they they need you in some way. And so the work is a lot of times really finding that middle ground of of there's two independent, highly functioning adults who know how to take care of themselves. And sometimes we need each other and that's okay too. Now our lines for our type five or we move, they move to type eight and to type seven. So in rest, type five moves to type eight, which makes them a little bit more likely to assert themselves, put themselves up front, um, to take on leadership roles, to take action on the things they've been thinking about and researching. Now in stress, they move to type seven. They can become scattered. Um, they can become a little bit, they can give away their time in ways that don't actually serve them or are intentional. And in thinking of it in the sense that, you know, that would be really stressful for you, Um, trying to live as a seven, um, keeping your time, you know, over-consuming, over overdoing everything, you know, using all of the energy that you're given in a day, it doesn't feel as replenishable to fives as it does to sevens. So living out of that space, um, trying to live as a seven would be very stressful for our fives. Now, are wings available to five? We have type four and when the type four wing is dominant, then you kind of bring in that emotionality into the intellectual space of our type fives. You kind of round out um, some of that that thinking with a little bit more feeling. When the type six is dominant, the wing is dominant, um, you have kind of a double head type situation. So you can really get into the over-intellectualization, um, you kind of have double skepticism going on, So you might find that you, you know, you're a little bit more inclined to be skeptical, but you may also be a little bit more community oriented, both four and five. When you have that four wing, both of them are withdrawn types. Both of them tend to isolate and withdraw from other people. And so you're a lot more likely to be reclusive or on your own. Whereas when that six wing is strong, you may be more community oriented, a little more social. The subtypes of our type five. Our self-preservation type five is the most boundaried of the subtypes. Um, They're the clearest example of introversion. They may see the world, like the external world, as like intrusive or hostile or or not quite right for them. They may struggle with expressing anger, um, preferring to withdraw instead of communicating. They're also the most private of the subtypes. The social five They tend to replace the connection to relationships with a passion for knowledge. Um, They may find that their thirst for information takes place of their social desires. They're in the pursuit of a meaningful life. It's really important to the social five to find meaning, to live a life that is purpose-driven. They may attach themselves to a set of ideals um, and look for other people who share those ideals alongside them. They kind of hold this and look for meaning in life while also holding a fear that the world is actually meaningless. They want to be someone important and pursue this through aligning with people they admire and connecting intellectually to their ideals. The social five um, could easily be mistyped as a type one. Finally, we have the sexual five, which is focused on finding an ideal partnership. This is the most emotional, um, emotionally expressive of our type fives, They really place value on one-to-one connection. They tend to be a little bit more intense, romantic, and emotionally sensitive. They really possess a rich inner world full of kind of like utopian fantasies and ideas. And they are in pursuit of like this ideal of ultimate intimacy. So sharing in full transparency with someone and having others share with you in full transparency, like this heart-to-heart connection of openness and honesty and trust. The sexual five can actually look a lot like a type four. So I wanna run through the common mistypes for our type five. So we have first type one. So the similarities that can show up between type one and type five are, they both can be very intelligent, both very independent. They can both be a little bit removed from their emotions. The differences here and the way to tell if you're a one or a five is that type ones are primarily people of action. And type 5s are primarily people of thinking. And um, type 1s tend to feel a lot more comfortable adopting that leadership role, whereas type 5s may avoid that uh, experience in general because they're trying to preserve their own energy levels. Another mistype that can happen is type 4, especially if you have that 4 wing. um, They can kind of get blurry there. Some similarities is that they're both introspective, they're both intellectual, they're both withdrawing, The main difference is is how they relate to emotion. Fours generally know exactly how they're feeling and are pretty comfortable dealing with the emotional expression that other people may have, whereas fives tend to detach from direct emotional experiences and take time to really process their emotional responses. Fives tend to find self-disclosure invasive and exhausting, whereas fours kind of, it's a primary need for most fours to express their thoughts and their feelings. Another and our final common mistype is type nine. So some similarities here is that they're both withdrawn types. They both tend to manage their energy levels with different reasons, for different reasons. Um, the big differences here, though, is that nines tend to tr- be drawn to thought systems and ideas that offer some sort of comfort or harmony, whereas fives tend to be drawn to things that disturb them. Nines are aware of how they're being received by other people and really don't want to appear arrogant or superior in any way, while fives tend to kind of naturally have the belief that others aren't as informed as they are and tend to not be as aware of how that's being perceived. Nines also are the kind of typically are easily able to relate to a wide range of people. Um, They're generally easily likable whereas fives struggle a little bit more in this area. Um, They may not feel like other people connect to them or that they can connect in the ways that they really want to. It tends to be a little bit of a difficult area or difficult space for our fives. So that is our type five, the investigator. Um, I know this is like intro level, like here's the basics of what we're doing here, but Again, this is for those of you who are figuring it out for the first time. So I hope this is helpful if you're deciding if you are a five or another number. And, um, as always, if you enjoy this episode or episodes I've done in the past, it really does mean a lot. If you leave a rating and a review in iTunes, it is the way that I'm able to get this podcast out to new people and have it heard. And I. I'm so grateful that you guys are here and have joined on this journey with me. I know I've missed a few weeks. I've been pretty sick. I had like a fun bout of the flu that kind of morphed into to what we're pretty sure it was pneumonia. And I'm just now kind of getting on the upswing. So fingers crossed. Um, I should be better soon and we'll have, we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming. But in the meantime, thank you for being here and I will see you in the next episode.